0: To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com/google, and as
1: always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com.
0: Now to the episode.
1: This episode of Tourpreneur is sponsored by Rocket Res. Rocket Res has everything a tour or attraction needs. Built for high volume, their cloud point of sale puts all your sales streams into one easy-to-use platform. Find out more at rocketres.com forward slash tourpreneur. Today, we are going to hear from Leanne Farmer. She runs a wee pedal tour in Edinburgh, Scotland. Before COVID hit, she had a year fully booked with tours that all collapsed in March. How did she respond? What did she do when her friend said, you need to put your business to bed? We're going to learn all about that in today's episode. Plus, Leanne's going to share with us how she opened her business in 2019, First time running a tour business. Before that, she was a physical education teacher. She's going to share with us her three key learnings and tips from running wee Pedal bike tours in Scotland. Welcome to tourpreneur Leanne Farmer of wee Pedal. How are you? Thank you,
0: Shane. Yes, I'm very well. I'm very excited to be here. So thank you for asking me.
1: Well, I'm really intrigued by your story because you were posting on our Facebook group, our Torpreneur Facebook group, and you, you know Amy over at Hong Kong. And I was really intrigued by your story of how you've pivoted and how you've survived at a wee paddle. Can you share with our listeners, talk us through what happened in March 2020 for you and your business? Well,
0: I had only set it up in April 2019, and I was surprised how busy I actually was. By the beginning of 2020, I had a fully booked schedule, pretty much from April all the way through to September. Wow. You know, the tourism trade in Edinburgh is, is very healthy, so um, I was looking forward to a, a, a really good year. And then, of course, lockdown happened, and like every other tour operator, my calendar simply out overnight okay, I thought this isn't great. I probably watched as much news and worried as much as everybody else for a few weeks and thought, right, I can't do this. I need to be doing something productive. So I lent out my fleet of bikes to key workers and started to service key workers' bikes um, for free. And that gave me a sense of purpose again. That made me feel like I was somehow contributing a very small piece of this big COVID jigsaw that was happening.
1: Wow. How did you get that word out to key workers that your bikes were available?
0: I I put it on Facebook pages. There was a lot of people doing it in England. I I thought, I read by big tour companies, I thought I want to do the same. I only have a fleet of nine, but in that time, uh, various Facebook pages, you know, mums groups, etc. and the uptake that they had all gone within a day. They were mostly doctors, nurses and delivery drivers for chemists to deliver medicines, etc.
1: What were your friends telling you at this time in terms of your business and what you should do uh, back in March?
0: I have I have a great group of friends. I remember people saying, look, Leanne, just put it on the back burner. Just put it to bed. Stop stressing about it. It's It's gone until 2021. And then really focus on the next year. And I, it's just not in my nature to to do that really I've been a teacher all my life so I'm I'm used to just I'm used to working all, all year round with the summer holidays where I can just breathe relax but this isn't a summer holiday so I couldn't just breathe relax so I started to look at different ways of how to keep myself busy and how to use take advantage of lockdown here in Edinburgh like most places you know traffic stopped and I was seeing more and more people out on their bicycles women families Individuals, groups of people really enjoying these open streets. And I thought, right, I, this is an opportunity here. I, I, I really need to be part of this. So when the initial lockdown stopped, I got my bikes back. That was maybe two months. So the key workers had my bikes for two months. In the heart of the summer, um, I completely changed focus and I offered local family rides um, for a very reduced price. To show families where to go in Edinburgh were traffic free or you know off the beaten track, trying to find something new. There were nobody was going on holiday. So I had a whole staycation group right at my fingertips. So I was showing them safe, outdoor, cheap alternatives to going away. And from then, I guess it snowballed. I was then taking women mainly on what I call confidence rides. So Post lockdown now, we're we're back to full on traffic. These women still want to cycle, but they're afraid because traffic is back to normal. So I take them on confidence rides on how to show them how to cycle safely on the roads. If they want to find out a new route from getting to work from home, I would take them there. Then I was discovering there was a demand for women's bike maintenance sessions. So I was delivering bike maintenance courses on how to look after your own bike. So from going from no bookings, now suddenly over the summer and probably up until the end of October, again, my diary has been pretty much fully booked with those type of things that were servicing the local community.
1: And how did you switch from your normal marketing for your tours pre-March to promoting what you were doing locally to the local Edinburgh market?
0: That was a really hard thing to do. And again, I was struggling what to do with that. But I guess it's the power of Facebook, to be honest. Mums groups, business groups, various connections out there um, that Facebook can give. And I I suspect that word of mouth got the ball rolling from giving out my bikes to key workers. I think just people are very kind. People are very generous. If, If they receive a good deed, they're more than happy to to promote other people, so I think the ball got rolling with word of mouth, but now it's definitely through uh, Facebook, Instagram, and I have my own website, but the traffic through my website is very small compared to traffic through facebook
1: and when you say Facebook, is that through a page or through Facebook ads? how does that look for a wee pedal?
0: So a wee pedal Facebook page, and then I promote that through various business. Forums, I guess, through through Facebook and Instagram's been getting quite a bit of business as well. Um, I I have taken out a few Facebook ads, but to be honest, I think I've only spent in total fifty pounds. Um, I'm probably not doing it right. There's some some one out there probably screaming at me saying, "Do it, do it!" But I've not yet had to spend a lot of money on Facebook ads. I have done it. I've tried. But as yet, I think it's
1: merely organic finds. Well, I mean, even if people are screaming (laughs) at you, you know, if you're selling out right now through your your organic efforts, then, uh, you know, I commend you because that's not costing you anything other than time, of course, instead of running up a big Facebook ad bill. Um, what advice would you have for other operators out there? Let's say they want to do something similar to you in another city and they want to engage with the community and interact on other business forums or Facebook groups. What's some of the key tips you would share?
0: Oh, well, number one, I would say volunteer 100%. Um, that's how I got started. I was volunteering for three different uh, cycling related charities and that that definitely planted the seed in my mind that I want to do this for for, for a living. But what volunteering does for you, it puts you right in the heart of the community and you get to know your clientele a lot better. It's also goodwill. People will talk about you more favourably if you're giving up your time for free. And it's part of my commitment within a wee pedal that I do pay it back. And I still volunteer now for... Uh, to organizations and I I will continue to do that. It's it's really important to me. So I think number one is you have to give back to the community. You know, it's all very well being in the tourist trade, but it has to be sustainable. You have to look after the people who actually live in the city. So if you have a service that you can give for free, even if it's once or twice a year, it doesn't have to be every week. I think it's really important that you, you, you give the locals a taste of what tourists
1: as well sure and then when you engaged with other groups online um what what tips would you have about that in terms of how you post how you interact because you can't just suddenly turn up on a group and say hey look at my stuff right there is a decorum
0: um I think I'm I'm always very respectful and positive about other people's businesses on these posts I try to support local businesses whether it's liking them, following them, commenting on what they offer. And if I can afford it, I'll buy something from them. A nice example perhaps is there's a a little small business who do events in Edinburgh. So we started following each other and we built up a bit of an online friendship and I will always support her and she will always support me. Uh, I was asked by Small Business Saturday, which is a company based in London, to be a Rover reporter to interview other small businesses in edinburgh so i chose this girl and it was the first time she'd have a major media um attention so i thought i thought that was that was perfect really you know it's, it's just paying each other back so i think you must engage with other businesses and it's not really competition is it you're You're all out there supporting each other, trying to keep the ball rolling.
1: (laughs) I agree. I've always said, because I worked for many years in the hotel industry, which is super competitive. And then when I moved to tours and activities, I remember I went to a big conference here in the US my first week in this industry. And I was shocked at how our industry felt like one big family. And there is that in hotels and airlines for sure, to a certain extent. But it just, it was like being, no, this was like a close-knit family And I, my feeling is as we get through COVID and and reopen and recovery, that we will start to work with what were previously some of our competitors, because it may be, you know, I uh, don't have capacity to do something every single day of the week because I'm working a side job now to pay the bills. But, you know, Bill or Sarah, I can give business to them and vice versa. I think we're going to see a lot more collaboration in our industry than ever before.
0: I I completely agree with you. And I think if you can collaborate, the more the better, especially next next this coming year. We don't yeah. know what's going to happen. We're all hoping and praying that <laughs> we'll bounce back. But, hey, it may take until 2022. So I'm more than happy to collaborate. I've already had some small collaborations with other small businesses in Edinburgh. That's proved, you know, semi-successful. So I think I want to continue to do that.
1: What I love about your approach, and I think my major takeaway from this, is when you're engaging with other groups and communities, especially online, is you're giving value. You're giving value first before you're asking for something. And I think that that's critical. And I see this myself. I run several Facebook groups of of several thousand. And I tell you, if someone just pops up in the group and sells their stuff in the first post, they're gone. Like I kick them out because I'm like, yeah, that's not the kind of person. I want the person who's going to come and interact when someone's saying hey you know what res tech system are you using or i'm struggling with this so you know you come in and help out and say well in my experience you know a b and c that that is what we need to do when we engage in online communities to grow grow our business is not just to come in and look at me look at me thing.
0: no it, you can't just go and exactly post and see
1: people do though
0: yeah i guess so but i guess for the for long-term sustainable yeah future it's give and take and um, Running a business is so new for me already, but, um, my learning curve is is a steep line.
1: Let's talk about that, Leanne, because you said you started your business in 2019. You were a teacher before that. Was that correct?
0: Yeah, I, I've taught PE uh, for 23 years, I think now. Uh, 10 years in mainly in England. You look far <laughs> too nice
1: and sympathetic to be a PE teacher. I tell you, if I show you a picture of my PE teachers from school, I wouldn't want to take a bike tour with them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess hopefully things have changed, but yeah. no, I've had some wonderful, wonderful PE colleagues, very kind people, and yeah, PE has changed a lot since I was at school as well, thank
1: goodness. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny, we were just talking about the snow here in Vermont, and I remember my PE lessons, you know, it'd be snowing, and you'd come into school and say, you know, we're going to go in the gym today, right, city, but oh no, we're out to play rugby, you know, they would play <laughs> rugby hell and high water, you know, no matter what the weather was freezing cold. Anyway, I know. I know. <laughs> um so you, you were a school teacher for many years. How did you make that switch then into into bike tours?
0: Oh uh, I think by complete accident, uh, we've spent the last 10, 12 years living in Asia, 10 years in Hong Kong, two years in Shanghai. And our son obviously was born and brought up out there and he developed um, a hip condition called perthes, which is a childhood condition where the bone socket uh, joint crumbles away. So um, overnight, he had to stop all sports completely. He was in a wheelchair for 18 months, and I took it really badly. Uh, And then, you know, you you begin then to switch your mindset into into a a positive frame of mind. And we got him a hand cycle. I had no idea these things existed. So we we got him a hand cycle and did a lot of charity work and set up a charity and ended up leaving Hong Kong. But we travelled the long way home. So, part of that route was to cycle across Austria to raise more money and raise more awareness for parties. And this little dude, he was seven at the time. So, by the time we in Austria, he was eight and he cycled 170k kilometres
1: wow. <laughs> with his
0: little arms going. And he just inspired me. And it sounds corny, but my son, it was my son that pushed me into thinking, I need to give back to this world of cycling because without the sand cycle I would have been still a mess this saved us so when we got back to the UK I knew I wanted a change of direction I wanted something else to challenge me and that's when I started volunteering for various cycling activities one of being all ability cycling which looks at adaptive bicycles and I, I really loved it so much and I thought I want to do this for a living so with More and more volunteering came up. I was leading rides, leading mainly women and families. I thought, right, let's just do this. So I set up a wee pedal one night over a glass of wine, thought up the name, (laughs) looked at a few logos, and posted my first ride on Tripadvisor. Make it sound
1: so easy. (laughs) 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 I know, even just logos alone, it keeps you awake at night, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but there's so many logo apps out there. Yeah. It takes the pressure of you because I'm not a designer. I don't really know what I'm doing. But and then you know you 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 get feedback from friends and family. And I wanted people to be really strict with me. I was going yeah. up to strangers and saying, "Look, do you like this logo? What oh, do you think?"
1: You really? You went up to strangers and said that?
0: Yeah, I don't mind. Like
1: on Princess Street or something, you just went up and
0: pretty, pretty much. I remember wow. I was at Glen Glen Tress, which is right. a mountain bike place, and, right. and people's and the borders and. By now, my son is out in the wheelchair, so he's all fine. And we were, we were having a little ride. And I just used to go up to, to mums, really, who were their kids, and said, uh, look, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And I would give them the choice of two logos, and they would give me their feedback. And <laughs> why not? What have you got to lose?
1: Nothing at all. No, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I love that, and I endorse it. And what I would say to our listeners is, if you're too shy to go and ask strangers, come join our Tourpreneur Facebook group and put your logo in there, and we will give, you know, honest feedback as well. It's another benefit of the group, but I still like the idea of going up to people who are cyclists, because, you know, we know what we're like in tour operator land. We kind of are in our bubble, but uh, going up to strangers. Yeah. I, I I admire you for doing that. That, that takes guts.
0: <laughs> I just thought, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say, no, I don't like it. So, and I, I needed feedback from a whole range of people, not just people who are into bikes. Yeah. Of course, I don't, tend to get cyclists signing up with me they don't need me it's people that need a little bit of encouragement to go on a bicycle to explore the city
1: you mentioned the mechanics course for women and i wanted to buy a bike here in vermont in the summer because obviously stuck at home and everything i thought you know vermont is a the green mountain state is well known for people to come here to mountain bike and first of all i couldn't buy a bike because there weren't any around they were all sold out um, and secondly, I'm like, well, what happens if I get a flat tire? I'm 15 miles from home up a mountain somewhere like, I, and I'll have to call home to get a lifter and all of that. And that's actually a, a large part of what stops me buying a bike is, I mean, I, I'm just not mechanically minded, to be honest with you. I'm rubbish at it. So going to a class like that, like you're offering, would be a huge boost to my confidence to, to take that hobby up. Well,
0: when you're in Edinburgh, Shane, you look me up. I will be a little course. <laughs> but you're you're dead right. I think that's that can be a barrier
1: yeah. to
0: many people wanting to go on a bike and again not wishing to stereotype in any way, but mainly feedback it, it's from women that don't want to because they're they're scared if they're if they're away from home, what do they do? You know. Um so what we do in the class is keep it very basic, no previous experience needed. We talk about if you get a puncture how to repair it, or at very least how to change the inner tube, how to adjust your brakes, how to adjust your gears, and just do a simple check and how to look after your bike. You know, the winters in Edinburgh are quite fierce and there's a lot of salt on the road, so that affects the chain, etc. So I like to feel like we're giving them a bit of empowerment so they can feel independent enough to go out and and cycle without the worry of what if I break down.
1: I love that. Have you used that in any of your social media because when i hear you discuss sort of the course i thought oh if you had a youtube channel that would be really cool because each week you could tackle something to do with bike maintenance or through instagram are you utilizing that at all
0: no that's a great idea shane i I guess i have to do more things like that because you're dead right i need to produce more little instagram videos
1: let me say that if you are fully booked with tours right now that's great and we all wish we were kind of in that that boat with you so don't you know i think as tourpreneurs we often put way too much on our plates in terms of oh i must do the youtube i must do instagram oh and someone now is looking at tiktok and i think sometimes that we have to do one or two things well so if you're already doing those really well stick with them but if you feel like no i'd love to learn youtube i'd like to have youtube to actually promote my tours because what i've learned about youtube this year is it's a great discovery tool and it does come up, you know, if you think about, if I search now, you know, how to fix a flat tire, you know, the chances are YouTube videos are going to come up in that search. So it can be a good way of getting discovered, but you know, only if you have that time and capacity for it.
0: Yeah, no, it's, you're right. I, I think I've only got three YouTube clips on my website, but I was told as well, pushes you up the SEO ratings.
1: I, it I don't does. know if
0: that's true, but <laughs> it, it can do. I've
1: yeah, it can do if done right. And also I think it's just good PR for your business because, you know, let's say there is a lady out there who really wants to bike, is a little unsure, she sees you on video, you're not the scary PE teacher that, you know, I, <laughs> but can see that, oh yeah, I could really learn from this lady, she sounds nice, et cetera, I, I, will, I will call her. You know, so it's good for promotion for that um, as well. And, it, and something else you could do, you know, our good friend Rob, he runs uh, DC Trip Hacks and he has a YouTube channel, but on his YouTube channel, he, he doesn't promote his tours per se. He'll have things like what to pack to visit Washington in November. Um, so yeah. informational. So if you have someone who's coming to Edinburgh, you know, when hopefully we're in recovery, et cetera. And he say, okay, this is what you should pack for Edinburgh in, in June or what? And just something informational. So it's like we were talking about engaging with groups. It's not book my tours. It's, hey, you're coming to Edinburgh. And then somebody might discover you because they're looking at what should I pack for Edinburgh in June and then come up to your video and go, Oh, this bike tour looks good. We should do that. That's
0: a great idea. Okay. I'm going to knock that down after this call. <laughs> Give you lots of
1: homework here, but I'll email you the link. And again, you know, we're going to touch on this in, cause I know you've shared three key learnings with us since you started your business, which I want to dive into. And one of those actually correlates to this. So the, the first key learning you wanted to share was go on other types of tours in other cities. Can you share more about your your thinking around that?
0: Yeah, I think when we were living in Hong Kong, my son uh, was big into bikes, so we would completely take advantage of We went on bicycle tours in various Asian countries. And the difference between having personable guides and not a personable guide was huge. So we, we may have gone to some beautiful places. For example, rice paddy fields in Vietnam, absolutely stunning. But the guide was just a little bit going through the motions, whereas we would go to another, another tour, and maybe not in such stunning locations, but the guide was fantastic. He made us feel special, full of history, the bikes were good. He was all very very neat and tidy in the way he spoke and the way he arranged things. And that's what stuck in my mind. I wanted to take the best bits from all the tours that I've been to. And still now, I go on cycle tours. We were in London only in February, just before lockdown this year. And my husband was working. Jack and I took a tour uh, in London. And again, I was all the way through, <laughs> like a busman's holiday. Yeah. But all the way through, I was thinking, right, what would I do here? Or I really like what he's done here. That's fantastic. And I would tell them, say, look, I run a cycle tour myself. I'm really impressed with what you have done. Nice. Would you mind if I use this in mine? You know it's it's kind of cool that you're always learning from other people and I think we kind of rest on our laurels I think we're always learning it's important to to tweak your tours as well to keep them fresh so you don't just go through the motions yourself
1: yeah what's the best thing you've seen someone do on a on a bike tour that you've thought oh yeah I, I want to implement that in a wee pedal
0: um, I think the amount of knowledge and history about the place without it being boring. You yeah. know, at times we were at times you can be standing around in a cold and it's just too much information. And tourists want quick, snappy, funny tales about the city. And it was this guy in London who really grabbed my attention that every story he told was over within two minutes, but it was funny. And it may have been sprinkled with a little bit of not the,
1: not the truth, not the whole truth. Exaggerated a little.
0: Exaggerated it. But yeah. My son liked it. He, he's 10, 11. He liked it. I loved it. So I think what I took away is when I'm starting to talk about, for example, Hollywood Park and Arthur's Seat, which is our volcano, I can go on and on and on and on and on because I really love it so much. But I've learned, rightly, I'm two minutes on in out and then off we go again because the, the tourists they'll they'll start switching off when you can tell quite
1: quickly <laughs> absolutely and what do you think is like And you don't name any names here of course but what's the worst thing you've seen on another tour where you just shook your head and thought wow yeah safety yeah Always.
0: so i'm not going to name any any tours or even in the city that i saw it but Then the tour guide was just on a rickety old bike. Uh, I don't even think the helmet on now. That's another contentious issue. I'm not going to get on to to that, yeah. But no helmet for the guide. Too many clients on this tour. There was a trail behind her. I didn't see her looking around. Um, they're on roads. Um, the bikes weren't in good condition and there was no branding. You know, maybe, maybe I'm just too anal about that but i think at least have a logo on your back or on your panniers to look smart you know you're you're representing your business here so look the part and i deliberately do not look like a cyclist i don't i'm not cladded in lycra that's on purpose but i do have a very smart logoed jacket on if it's in the winter or if it's a t-shirt uh you know a a regular dry fit t-shirt but a wee pedal is everywhere I think it's safety that I shake my head. I I fear. I fear for that company that one day, touch it all, but never happens. But safety must be first. You know, you have to keep your group small and you have to keep an eye on them.
1: With your own business, your own tours, is there a high insurance premium because of safety issues?
0: Well, I can keep it to eight. So my insurance covers me and my qualification covers me for up to eight clients. And I have a public liability insurance and I have a cycling activity insurance. Right. It's not too high. It's it's fairly expensive, but I, I don't think they're ripping me off. I feel quite happy paying that, yeah. knowing that I have peace of mind. But that's the double insurance that I choose to take out. And I never go above the the numbers. If for some reason I have a more than eight people. For example, I had two American families based in London who wanted to join together in the summer, That 10. That's fine, but I employed a co-leader. So I know many other volunteer leaders in, in the Edinburgh Network Group. I bring them in and they help me out for, for a day.
1: Yeah, and when you started the business and you had to look into all of this, how did you get advice on which insurance you needed?
0: I think I asked a lot of the vo- other volunteers that I was working alongside. We, we volunteer for British Cycling. It's an organisation called Breeze, which is to encourage women to cycle. So I was asking a lot of the leaders there what they thought. And then they would give me great advice and I would go away and research it. And um, Cycling UK came up as one of the better providers. So I went with them and I made sure that I had a good, thorough chat on the phone. Does this definitely cover me for X, Y, Z? I feel like I know what my limitations are and um, so that gives me peace of mind and I put it everything is on my website so all my qualifications and insurance documents Brilliant. and actually one thing that's quite surprised me is a lot of the OTAs do require you to give that information as well which I'm glad about.
1: Got a quick message from one of our sponsors and then we'll get right back to today's show. Stay tuned. Are you tired of using six different software applications to run your operation? RocketRes, the all-in-one system for tours and attractions, combines the ease of online booking with all those other tools you wish you had to run your operation. Have retail? Use their built-in retail point of sale. Want to market to your customers? Use their built-in CRM. Offering private events? No problem. Send digital contracts right out of Rocket Res. For tourpreneur listeners, for a limited time, you can sign up for a demo in the next 30 days and Rocket Res will waive all setup fees. Visit rocketres.com forward slash tourpreneur for more details. And now back to today's episode of Tourpreneur. Which OTAs are you working with out of interest?
0: I have Vitar, Get Your Guide, Amusement, Airbnb Experiences. There's a couple more that I've not actually had any bookings through. I, I'm on their site and I have the app on my phone. have never had to look into it because I just don't seem to get bookings through. The main ones are through TripAdvisor, Airbnb Experiences uh, and Get Your
1: bookings. Sure. And before COVID hit, which of the OTAs was bringing you the most amount of business?
0: Oh, Airbnb Experiences. Yeah, <laughs> mainly North American. Really, in fact, over eighty percent North American um, Europeans tend to come to get your guide, but yeah, Airbnb experiences. I think it's just hands down that's been the most had.
1: And how was that process getting approved by Airbnb experiences for you?
0: It takes a wee while. They're very fussy with photos, so I have got a lot of photos rejected. You know, I'm taking them on my iPhone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or you know, my husband snaps me on a ride and. <laughs> Um they don't like pose photos. I mean you you know all this, but they don't like you to pose for photos. Um so it took a wee while of toing and froing. But I must say their booking system in their app is pretty faultless. It's very easy for both the client and for me. You know, I'm not too hot on their commission rates, but
1: what do they charge you?
0: Well, they're they're 20%.
1: Twenty, yeah.
0: Other OTAs are twenty five or thirty. Yeah. You know, I just have to be Buddhist about that. I think, well, without them, I probably wouldn't have these bookings. So you just have to suck it up, really. It's a costly charge. But the only only issue that I don't like about Airbnb experiences, and I've raised this with them before, is that they still make you have exclusivity. So if there's one person booked on or eight people booked on, and that can be a bit of a bind, I think they should loosen up. If you're wanting to, if you're a big company and you're filling in spaces, it might work. But for for me, I still run with one person.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, and then
0: they're taking 20%. So but hey, I'm still in my early days of learning. So perhaps one day, maybe I won't need them. I don't know. But at the moment I'm more than happy to be with. Them
1: you know, in fairness, I think Airbnb are at their early days as well. I mean, from what they were in terms of experiences to what they are now, now, you know, when they started out it was that you could only take Airbnb customers and they didn't want proper tour companies. They kind of wanted the person that was rented in the apartment to take them out and create something niche. I'm hearing all the time about tour companies who are selling through, through Airbnb. So my feeling is and I haven't heard any gossip or anything about this, but my feeling is at some point they're going to transition into being more of a standard OTA because don't see how they can off you know, if you you just turn around and say, I can't take one person out for, you know, I, I can't run a business that way. And I think they're going to get that pushback a lot more. And I'm already hearing of, you know, of kind of rules being bent for them to allow certain tours to be on the platform.
0: It must happen. Yeah. <laughs> it must. We had a Airbnb a suppliers thank you evening okay yeah um we'll i hate, that, left word, left I hate that word supplier i hate that word no 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 they yeah, do it no
1: no I'm i get your <laughs> guide i just don't like it but never mind yeah i
0: know um it was quite a nice evening to be uh, to be fair but we all had the same gripe that was the one bit of feedback that they all got from us all and there must have been about 100 people in the room wow <laughs> and it was all the same issue so shane i 100 percent, think you're right yeah. i think they will have to bow down a
1: little bit <laughs> especially now they're a public company as of last week uh so is you that know. correct? is that right
0: interesting
1: yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. okay so uh just to go back to your key learnings then so you, you go on other types of tours in other cities i think that's cool topic number two is keep tweaking your tours so keeping them fresh and not stale and creating the best tour experience that you can and then topic number three you you've talked about quite extensively uh, your learning, number three, is to volunteer and give back uh, in your community, which uh, is a very important one. And I, and I admire you and commend you for, you know, back in March, instead of just panicking and, and crying and, you know, you went out and got bikes out to key workers, which, you know, th- those, those men and women on the front lines, I mean, we owe them so much.
0: Oh, <laughs> invaluable. Yeah. What, what these guys, they were day in, day out absolutely working hard and coming home to supermarket shelves being emptied and oh, it was awful I, I really felt for them so it made me feel a little bit good as well you when know, they could get to work safely on a bike and you know I would supply them with a helmet and a lock and a pump and inner tubes to ease a little bit of the stress as well because the, the nurses were saying but Leanne what if what if I get a puncture? And what if it yeah. gets stolen? I'm saying, well, it doesn't matter. Just treat it like your own bike and just get yourself to work and home and look after yourself. Yeah. They did a great job.
1: Wonderful. Well, I know we could chat for a lot longer, but I, I really appreciate those three three key learnings. I think they they're going to help a lot of our listeners out, especially commending you for Sticking to your mission in March when it's very easy for to say, right, that's it, I'm out. I mean, I remember myself in March, I was in London when everything hit and I had to fly back to the States. And I just I was on that whole flight back home thinking my business is dead. Nobody's going to want to listen to a podcast about being a tour operator anymore. And um, I better sell all my investments because the world is about to blow up. You know that was my mentality back in March.
0: Yes, of course. Well, we all, we all thought that. I think I think it's we're a very dark place. We, very. None of us knew what was going to happen or or how we could see the end of this. And it, of course, it's still unpredictable yes. now. But I think. These things are always temporary, and we always find a way out of it. You know, Human nature is incredibly resilient, yeah. and there's a lot of good people out there.
1: When you reopened back up after lockdown and you were engaging with, with local bookings, basically, how did you overcome any fear locals might have had about infection and sanitation and hygiene? I,
0: I wiped my bikes down in front of them with disinfectant. It's they brought their own bikes. Because that's the difference between local bookings. They probably will have their own bikes. Tourists, of course, they use my bikes, my helmets. Yes. So if it was a local booking, nine times out of 10, they'd have their own bikes. So I didn't have to go near their bike or touch their bike at all. If they use mine, I would disinfect it down, disinfect the helmet in front of them so they could see. And then we would make sure that we would keep social distance. Now, on a bicycle, that's fairly easy to do anyway. You're always at least an arm's width away at least. From each other. Another tweak that I did was we weren't stopping at any coffee shops, so I would uh, tweak the route to pass a coffee van because that's mm. part of my tour. We always stop for a refreshment, and with a family, coffee's very important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, with a family, it's got to include ice cream. So right. I would make sure that I would find a well-stocked van that offered both ice cream, coffees, and snacks, so we could. Have a refreshment, but we could still be socially distanced. And uh, I felt at that time being outside and doing a cycling trip was perhaps one of the safest things you could do. Yeah, yeah. As things have gone on, it's important that I don't drop my guards. Um, you can get a little bit blase. You know, I would forget my mask. Uh, right. You know, you would just hop on the bike and I would go to shake someone's hand and uh, no, yeah, hand. Yeah. So I can't. I, so uh-huh. it's just human nature, but I must remain vigilant i think and show the clients that i am a business and i do adhere to COVID rules so i carry now a bunch of buffs um so i can cover my face if i do forget my mask yeah in my bag and i carry hand sanitizer and dental wipes in my bag at all times for both the clients and myself yes uh, but, the, you know, the math thing isn't a problem because we're not really going to, we're not going inside cafes at the moment. But if they want to use the loo, then of course they need
1: to. And you're socially distanced on the bikes anyway, right? So
0: That's right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So an idea for you, one of the best videos I saw when COVID first hit, and it was the ride, and they have buses throughout New York City. And they had this really cool video of their staff deep cleaning the bus. And they they put it on a fast forward loop. So it was like really fast because nobody wants to watch someone just wipe his in down. And I wonder if that would be good for your Instagram or your YouTube would be that, uh, you know, you cleaning all the bikes down. That's
0: genius. Okay, See, I've learned another thing. Thank you. <laughs> I will use that.
1: <laughs> Entrepreneurialism is all about, like you just said, right, looking at other tours and I look at everyone's social media and I'm like, "That's there are, all these ideas are stolen from others.
0: <laughs> well, that's sad. Yeah, but you've retained that information and that's the key because yeah. we all look at each other's tours, but you forget them. So you've retained that. So brilliant. I will definitely use that. Thank you. Maybe that's you, and, you
1: and Jack can have fun doing that, you know?
0: <laughs> I'll have to bribe him. <laughs> yeah, he's at that age. Of course. You know
1: Of course. So as as we wrap up here, can you share with us, what's the best thing that's happened to you since starting your business, since you became a tourpreneur?
0: Oh, well, I've won a few awards, which has been lovely. I won Best Startup for the Great British Entrepreneur Awards. Wow. Um, So that's Best Startup in Scotland. Scotland and Northern Ireland is the full title. And then I won, they call it New Kid on the Block, which is Best Startup. And that's UK-wide. That was through the small awards. Uh, so that was lovely and a very, very big surprise. So I guess that it reconfirms what I'm doing in a, in a business sense. But to be honest, it, it didn't give me the most, the most pleasure. It was lovely and they've yeah. been great and very supportive. But I think what's given me the most pleasure is seeing the ladies that I take out, seeing them again, and then texting me to say, Leanne, you never guess what. I did that route you were telling me about and I did it on my own. Thank you. And I think that's what I get the most pleasure out right of. I think being a teacher for 20 odd years, you, you cannot shake off the feeling you get when you see your students become autonomous, when they don't need you, when you've taught them and given them the skills and they're off flying that stays with you forever. And I think that's what gives me the most pleasure,
1: to be honest. Fantastic. I love to hear that. And, you know, 99% of tourpreneurs I speak to is the same thing. We're in a a business based around our passion. Yes, we all want to make a living. I speak to very few tourpreneurs who are like, I want to be a multimillionaire. Most of us just want to have a good standard of living and create a business that we're passionate about. So what you're saying there is, you know, that's when someone sends you that kind of text message. It makes it all the sleepless nights and all the aggravation worthwhile, doesn't it?
0: 100%, 100%. That's, it's, I guess, every tour person that does cycling, walking, whiskey tours, whatever yeah. it may be, yeah, yeah. you start it because you love what you're doing and you want to share it with others. So yeah, it's, I, I genuinely love it.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you for sharing your journey with us today and more importantly, your, your three key learnings since you started your tour business. Where can people follow you online, Leanne?
0: So my website is um, awepedal.com. I have a Facebook page of the same name, Instagram. I keep my Instagram and Facebook page up to
1: date Yeah,
0: pretty much every day I'm posting.
1: Yes, we will add all those links to tourpreneur.com forward slash 129 because, you know, some of you might be listening to this when they're cycling. I'm not sure if that's a good idea or not, or definitely out walking the dog or <laughs> at the gym or whatever. And uh, we'll save you having to write those links down. Do go check out Leanne's website and her social media pages. Leanne, thanks a million for coming on. I'd love to check in with you later in the year to see how things are going. Oh,
0: it'd be a pleasure. I'd love to speak to you again, Shane. Absolutely. Marvelous. Um, I want more tips from you as well. <laughs> well, you know,
1: that's, that's the beauty of the podcast, right? This is why I do what I do, because like when you listen to Amy's interview, you know, yes. all of the tour operators that we interview, and, and this is actually another tip. I actually gave this to someone that I do some mentoring for in post in podcasting. I said, you know, to be a podcast interviewer, you have to listen to other podcasts, of course, but try to listen to podcasts that are not in your niche, because the problem is, like, for instance, if, if you were a podcaster and you were listening to cycle podcasts, chances are you're listening to the answers because you really engage and you're not listening to the question. And, you know, sometimes I think taking tours outside of our niche is also a real eye opener because you can always take something. Maybe it's in the way they tell the story or how they onboarded you, how they created rapport. I think sometimes we can get too dialed into the content as opposed to watching the structure of a tour. and here on Tourpreneur, I, you know I, I love seeing we've just gone over a hundred thousand downloads and I'm not bragging about it. I love it because it shows tour operators are willing to learn from other tour operators about to, how to grow our businesses and, and I, I compliment everyone who takes time out to listen to our show to do that.
0: Okay, well, I'm, I'm getting through your podcast. believe me. I'm, fantastic. <laughs> I've, Really enjoying them. So I'm very grateful for Amy to, for inviting me into the group. And thank you for getting in touch and inviting me here. I've thoroughly enjoyed meeting you.
1: Likewise. Take care, Leanne.
0: Okay. Thanks, Shane. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes, including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Torpreneur.